Welcome to Go Rangers Radio, where the New York Rangers are always the talk of the town. If you bleed red, white, and Rangers blue, stand with Chesty. Follow the bread man and know how to spell Capo Caco. Then you've tuned to the right place. And now, here are your handsome hosts, Kevin Delury and Paul Cuthbert. They're not always going to get it right. But you can be damn sure they'll pretend they are. Now, let's go Rangers Radio. Yeah, welcome to Go Rangers Radio. Broadcasting live from the Go Hockey Media Studios in New York, baby. Yours truly, Mr. Paul Guthrie, and everybody, please say hello to your friend and mine, Mr. Kevin DeLore, KD. We took Hank out of the intro and replaced him with Justin. I was, I was going to say, I, you didn't prepare me for that. I heard it, and I was like, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> baby. I, I got to tell you, Paul, yeah, I'm impressed that you did go with Chester because I thought maybe you'd say, Grooving with Gergiev or, you know, <laughs> something Gergiev related. So, uh, you know, I, I appreciate you putting your Gergiev ego to the side and, uh, you know, going with the guy we all know is going to, you know, be leading us to a Stanley Cup in like three to four years. So, Ooh, you know, kudos to you, my friend. Yes. I love me some Shesty sauce, baby. So uh, we have said goodbye to the king. No more hell, the king in the intro, and we'll. Uh, I got to take him out of the uh, the commercial too. But uh, Man, as we official. move forward, official. yes, Go Rangers Radio is moving on, moving on, baby. And uh, here we are back again. What are, four shows in a row? KD, what's the story? Yeah, I mean, my family has really been annoying me, so I just you know <laughs> anything to get away from the family. So here we are, four four week weeks in a row. So. You can thank my family for annoying the crap out of me. Oh, bravo to the Delores. <laughs> Pushing <laughs> Kevin to the edge here. Forcing him to have to talk New York Rangers hockey with moi. So, hey, buddy. Um, man, where, where do we start today? Or tonight, I should say. Um, as far as, uh, you know, we, we I guess we got to start with the uh, the free agent signings. And um, and go from there. So, I'm, I'm going to... Um, I'm going to just, you know, step back here and, and let you open the door here, and, 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 and we'll all follow you in, pal. Go. Oh, boy. I may, I may take us down a, a scary, winding road uh, right now. But, uh, no, I think that you, uh, you obviously have to start with the, the re-signing of uh, Mr. Tony D'Angelo. Um, we've been talking about it uh, the last three shows and, and even uh, beyond that. Um, what would he come in at? What would the Rangers do with the contract here? Would they extend the long-term deal? How much money would they give him? And I just have to give everybody kudos here. Gordon, J.D., D'Angelo. I mean, two years? I mean, wow. You I love mean, them short-term are, contracts, baby. Uh, you know me. I, that's all I talk about. I was begging for anything between three and five years. So to get two. I'm in, I'm on cloud nine over here. I mean, to make things even better is at the end of the contract, he's still a restricted free agent. 
So even if he goes off these next two years, it's not like he's an unrestricted free agent and there's this huge bidding war and the Rangers either have to say goodbye or completely overpay for him. You know, they they at least have some, it's not going to be a lot, but they'll at least have some leverage over him. I mean, even if you have to go to arbitration with the guy and he'll get a raise, I mean, again, the number that they got him in at the two years, was it 4.8 million? I mean, they kept him under five. Again, when we've talked about this, I would say I was thinking somewhere between four and a half and five, but I was even concerned it may go past that. So you got him two years, four and a half million. So again, if it even goes to arbitration, you know, there'll be a bump up, but it won't be crazy what he would probably get as an unrestricted free agent if he really goes off these next two years. So, you know, these two years are almost like show me years for him. So he's going to be motivated. Uh, for the short-term contract, and and the Rangers aren't locked into you know one of these Wade Redden, you know Mark Stahl, Dan Girardi type contracts that we always seem to give out. Um, so you know this is great to see. We are you know officially away from these debaucherous, sather-like albatross of contracts, and and I couldn't be happier. Yeah, man, it's it's great stuff, and and you know as this. It just leaves, uh, you know, so many different, you know, positive things at the end of the term here at the two years, which, way, you know, one way or the other they can go. And I guess, what do you think was the, uh, do you think this is more, do you think this deal is more uh, the the Rangers gaining on this or, or getting the upper hand here? Or do you think it's more, you know, Tony D'Angelo, he got it the way he wanted. Where do you think this falls? Or do you think Tony really wants to play with Jack Johnson no matter what? <laughs> I definitely think that was a selling point. Um, what, was it, what would we say at the end? How much? That's the first drink. Everyone do a shot for the first Jack Johnson uh, mention. But uh, I think the Rangers definitely got the upper hand here. You know, I'm surprised Tony didn't try to get the deal to, you know, his UFA, uh, you know, status. So for him to be, again, be that restrictive free agent, he sort of gives the Rangers some leverage there at the end. You know, if he put himself in for three years and then if he really showed up and performed these next three years, it would be an all out bidding war for this guy's services. He'd still be under the age of 30, I think. And what else would a team be looking for at that point? I mean, he'd be, you know, the, prototypical offensive defenseman that teams would be salivating over. So I, I think for sure that the Rangers got the upper hand here. I'm surprised. Again, I'm just surprised that Tony went with the two year deal, but you know, uh, who knows went on with the negotiating tables or who knows maybe what Tony's strategy is here. But to me on the surface, I, I would think that it's a, a major win for the Rangers. Well, I mean, Tony's making close to $5 million on this deal, you know, per year, which is pretty good too. You know I mean? Yeah. I mean the money, money wise, I'm sure he's plenty happy with. Um, again, my thing is that, that last, you know, going in, he still has another year of the restricted free agency. I would assume he would want a contract that would lead right into that unrestricted free agency for him. But you know, this is how it went. And, uh, I, I'm assuming he's happy. I mean, Look, last year, the guy held out, if you remember, in camp where he wasn't happy with what they were offered. He signed, you know, he signed well ahead of his That's a huge hearing. Point. So, 
you know, he must be, yeah, obviously he's happy with the, the amount of money he's getting. Look, yeah, who's complaining about getting four, almost $5 million a year? Uh, but again, for me, the term, and I say it on this show all the time, that to me, the term is always way more important than dollars. Even with a salary cap, I just think, you know, long term, those deals never work out. So uh, I just lo- I was just so happy to hear the term end of this. Um, I just think that's the major win for the Rangers. Yeah, no, I, and I don't know. I haven't seen any. I haven't gone looking for any interviews with, with Tony D on this. But I have to believe, you know, a big part of this deal, too, for him. Because, you know, you bring up a great point how, um, you know, he wasn't happy there. And um, he, he was, uh, you know, holding out and everything else. So I have to believe that this they, they worked this out. I have to, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just envisioning that, you know, Gortz and, and J.D. here and, and Tony, he wants to be here. I'm sure it works for him too, just being on the East Coast, being from Jersey and everything else. And he, you got to love this team. He's got to love wanting to be a part of this team. And he's only getting started. And he knows he's a fan favorite, you know. And I think it's just a, it's, it's a win-win for everybody here. And I think for us as fans too, it's, it's great that, um, you know, they signed, uh, you know, as far as the terms, like I said, you're as happy as anything else, which is great. And I think everybody else too. And again, you know, we went through this little bit of a, you know, we did the show last week and everybody was losing their, you know, their, their heads over Jack Johnson. And then you see this and Georgia signing two key guys, uh, two very talented guys, two very likable guys, two guys that have been a part of this rebuild and that are going to be around here for the next two years, which are going to be pivotal years for this team and for this organization to, you know, kind of step back and see where they're going to be moving forward here, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, who's staying, who's going. So I think, it's, I you know, it's just great. I think, you know, as well, the way you're saying, uh, the, you know, the team kind of gets the upper hand on this too because they get to, um, you know, play with this lineup here for the next two years. Tony gets a chance to, to come out here and, and, and show his stuff and, and ramp up his value if he needs to. And Georgia F2, too. And it also keeps Georgia F2. You never know. There could be some trades down the road. We don't know what's going to happen. But it's just super. It's it, it's too, to me, I just like the fact, I've always liked Tony. I think he's going to be, um, I hope he's going to be here longer than two years. He's got the potential for it. And uh, I'm just, you know, in, in its simplest form, just glad uh, Tony's people and the Rangers got this together. And he's still in the blue shirts. And I think these next two years, which all of us are going to sit back and, and hopefully, you know, there'll be some uh, stumbling a little bit here too. But I think it's it's going to be very exciting, and it's great to have him on board with it, as well as Georgie. Yeah, I mean, I do think you bring up a great point about Tony, you know, for himself and what he's looking at. I think he, you're right. He's in a really good spot with the Rangers, where the organization is going, him being still a young player, um, and, and being a part of this rebuild and where the team is going. You see, you know, look, he's a restricted free agent, so he was limited on some things. But, yeah, I mean, look, he could have caused a problem and held out and looked for more years. But he's like, look, I want to be here. I, I like what I'm seeing here. I've had success here. Why would I want to go anywhere else? I'm playing on the biggest stage, you know, on the planet. You know, wh- why would I look to go anywhere else? So I think that that's a great point. That you know the Rangers and their current situation offers is a offers a lot to Tony, and uh, was probably a big reason why he wasn't fighting the team on it because he he enjoys the organization and 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 the guys on the team and and he sees similar to us 
you know, success, you know, leading, you know, down the road here, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel and uh, hopefully that light is, uh, you know, gleaming off the Stanley Cup. So, you know, that again, that that's uh, that's a great point, you know, that you're making. Um, I, I, and, I, and what I'm hoping is that, you know, as this team continues on this rebuild and starts going, you know, getting in the playoffs and going further and further, it just makes the organization more attractive to free agents uh, who want to come here and, and ultimately put the team, you know, gets them over the hump here and finally gets us another Stanley Cup. Yeah, you'd have to wonder, though, KD, and maybe I'll get your opinion on this, too. I mean, Tony had a great season, obviously. I uh, can only imagine if he struggled, uh, how different it might have been. And I think that's something, too. I mean, guys like him and, and Foxy here, you know, playing under Quinn and the system, which we're still trying to figure out. And, and you know, DQ is going to put this thing together here over the next couple of years if he makes it past next year. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, Come big, on. I know I'm busted chops. <laughs> Come on, man. We're Rangers fans. We bust You know, chops. I got to stand up for my guy, Quinn. I, know, I, I don't carry stand his for water. That. <laughs> I am carrying that water. Getting heavy, though. <laughs> yeah, it sure <laughs> is. It sure is. No, I mean, look, uh, he, he obviously had a lot of fun here. Um, I, I can only imagine what it's like to play for the New York Rangers. Uh, just, you know, it's one thing to, to, you know, just be a hockey player and play in the National League. But when things go well here, and again, you know, the Rangers aren't winning anything yet, but they're building something here. But to be a part of this organization, to play at the Garden, like I said, the fan base is, you know, forget about it. And again, a local guy too. You know, you can... You know, Sean Kirk, he won the cup, right? So all that stuff that happened in the last two years, that was meant to be. It turned out the best thing for him as far as, you know, him as a hockey player. He's got his name on the Stanley Cup right now, and then he leaves Tampa, and now he's going to be in, in uh, California now, and he moves on. But I get, I think everybody gets why he, he, he was more upset. It's the same way Hank, too, at the end here. These guys love playing for this city. There's just so much, um, there's so many great things about playing for the New York Rangers organization as far as being world class, you know, one of the richest franchises, obviously, the facilities, and then local here on the East Coast, whether you want to live in, in, you know, Connecticut, stay in Jersey, Long Island, in Manhattan. I mean, you can't go wrong. So, when a, 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 you know, he's still a young guy, too, and he gets an opportunity here, and he sits here and he goes, you know what, man, I could really cause some trouble here. I can be an egotistical jackass. I can, you know, just, you know, whatever. And I think we all have to look back here as fans, too, that, you know, that's a great thing to see from Tony because he wants to be a part of this thing. And I think pretty much everybody that's in the lineup right now wants wants to be a part of this and see it happen. And they're all young, and it's all new. And they all get to be a, a part of a team here that can probably, you know, you know, stick a flag here down the road, hopefully. I mean, you keep talking Stanley Cup, brother. I'm not. I'm not jumping that far. Yet. I'm hoping. But... Well, well, what are we doing here? I we're know you're right. We're not you're rebuilding right. to make the playoffs. We're rebuilding to be a perennial cup contender. That's what we're doing here. I know. Maybe we got to get Mike Keenan's video. <laughs> we got to get Mike Keenan's video for the training camp whenever it comes back. That's what we're doing. It's cup. <laughs> I'm not. I, I'm not happy with playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> except, except when the number one draft pick is involved. I'm, I'm talking cup, man. Kako, Frenier, Panarin, Shesterkin. How, how many white claws are you in? 
How many? Nothing. I'm drinking water over here. Water. Oh, no. Oh, no. You're getting too serious for us over <laughs> yeah, here. That's right. But this is four shows in a row. We're all business. <laughs> you can't be in here half in the bag. Are <laughs> all in the bag. Uh, yeah, wait until the game. Wait till the games, and they start going into like a six, seven game slump. <laughs> well, yeah, they, you know, if I need it, you know, if I need my medication, I'm gonna have to take it. But. <laughs> Absolutely, no, it, it's it's a good feeling. I think that's more than anything you got to take from uh, Tony and Georgie uh, signing here. And now we we just don't know what happens going forward here. Obviously, uh, Stromer and Lemieux are next uh, as far as uh, big names here. You know, in terms of this current lineup and. And uh, and we'll just have to see what happens. We we've kind of discussed Stromer here in length over the last couple of shows, but uh, not so much Brandon as far as you know what, what, what situation is he going to be in here too. But let me let, let me ask you your your vibes uh, on you uh, staying with the club here. Yeah, I mean, I think he gets re-signed. I, I think he said he was on a radio interview or paper. I don't know where where it was that. He was the signing was imminent and he had no concerns. So, you know, I don't know why he would sort of put that out there if that wasn't the case. So, you know, who knows why it, it actually hasn't happened yet. Maybe, you know, they're just sort of dotting the I's and crossing the T's. But, you know, I the team has spoken at length about being a, you know, a harder team. You know, J.D. and Gordon says they want to make the Rangers a harder team to play. A guy like Brendan Lemieux does that. So I'd be very surprised if for some reason, you know, they even get to a, uh, an arbitration hearing with him. You know, I assume they'll, they'll get him in at, you know, one and a half million a year for two years, something along those lines. And I, look, he struggled last year. I wasn't happy with the way he played, played and, and he's a guy I love. And again, we've, we've discussed him at length about what he, he brings to the table. He had a bad year last year. He just did. He was hurt. I didn't think he showed a lot of that sort of toughness out there. Um, not a lot of scoring ability, which he seemed to show that he had when they for- first brought him over on, in the trade. Uh, so definitely a bit of a disappointing year last year. So I'm hoping he comes, uh, they get him in, he comes back motivated, and we, we see the real uh, sort of Brendan Lemieux that, we got a glimpse of after he was traded here with Truba. So I, I, I have no worries that he won't be back. It's just a matter of, you know, he's now got to step it up once uh, next season, this coming season finally starts. Well, let me ask you this. If you are in a guy like Brandon's um, skates or shoes and you, you're looking at potential ice time or competing for spots, and you know we talk about toughness here and everything else, but if you looking down, look up and down the, the roster as it is right now, and where it potentially could be, you know, uh, with a surprise here, uh, you know, somebody in training camp or you know, and Lafreniere obviously going to be added here as well too. Do you do you see that Lemieux shouldn't? Is that something that he should be concerned that you know, as as far as him, maybe sometimes that's why players might look at other options on other teams and you know with other franchises because they want to play. You know, do you think that's not really so much of an issue here with the Rangers as far as what Lemieux's position is going to be on this team? As far as you know, who's going to end up sitting up in the you know up in the stands 
uh, once the games get going again? No, I think he should be worried. I don't think he has a guaranteed spot on this team, even though uh, the club is lacking some, you know, that grit, that grind. They they don't have it, especially now that Fost is gone, uh, which I think opens up a spot for Lemieux for that type, you know, someone who could play on the PK, defensive forward, fourth line grinding guy. With Foss gone, it does open up a, a huge opportunity for him. Having said that, there's a lot of talent, young talent that's going to be fighting for spots in camp. Um, you know, some of those guys are in Europe, a guy like Kratzoff. Uh, obviously, you lost uh, an Anderson who is now gone as well. But you bring Lafreniere in. I'm sure you have uh, some other guy, Barron, who's going to be fighting for a spot, and some others. You, obviously, you saw all those those sort of bargain basement guys that they're bringing in, Rooney, and uh, the rest of the crew that they brought out. Again, I don't even know who these guys are. So there's going to be competition, especially with the Rangers being strapped for cash. You know, if Lemieux comes in, they sign him to you know one and a half million deal, and he doesn't show up, and Rooney. But seven hundred thousand dollars is is pushing for a spot. Hey, you know that that may be a financial decision they're making. Also, yeah, uh, I think I think Lemieux is going to get the benefit of the doubt here. But there's a you know this is this is what happens with a rebuild. You're bringing more and more talent in, and it gets harder and harder to maintain a spot in the lineup. Especially if you're I don't want to call Lemieux a fringe guy, but you know, he's coming off a down year and he's going to have to show up in camp or he, yes, he will find himself in the press box or maybe down in the AHL again, if there is an AHL. So yeah, I, I think that he definitely has to worry about winning a spot in this lineup. And if he does win the spot in camp, keeping it because he will be getting pushed for ice time all year, but he does does bring the intangibles uh intangibles that the team is looking for on and off the ice so um i'm looking forward to the real brendan lemieux stepping up this year because he's a guy and that type those type of qualities this team needs uh, i mentioned it last week we can't just have got all the guys in the same mold as buchnevich and kratzoff and panarin we need grinders guys who will go into the corner who aren't afraid to go to the front of the net and who will really fight for pucks so you know on paper Lemieux's that guy you want him to have that presence in the lineup but when the, the you know whistle blows is he going to be that player you know well I guess we'll find out yeah we're also going to find out what kind of system that the Quinn's going to run too I mean one of the biggest Frustrating things watching these guys, especially in the tournament there and in some parts of the last season too, is the outside the outside attack. So, you know, you're talking about a guy like Brendan Lemieux who's going to be a guy that you want to put in front of the net and cause trouble and all that stuff. If they're not playing that kind of a style, I mean, just watching these guys running at the corners and banging off boards and, you know, it just drives me crazy. And, and that's the one thing that's going to stick out for me too as far as, um, you know, all this talent that they have and, and being patient with the rebuild. But you, you, I would love, you know, I'd love to see a guy like Lemieux, you know, be an integral part of it because that means that the type of player that he is 
is is now part of a system that's playing that way. And and that's that's a huge part too. And this is the gap and the you know the thing we have to see. I mean, here it's 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 October, almost the end of October, and because of the times, you know, we'd we'd already be into you know uh, beginning of the season here. So this is kind of weird for us to kind of be uh, sitting back speculating on on uh, when they're going to play, how they're going to play. But I think the system is obviously ultimately going to be a big part of this too, as far as you know Lemieux's success. And and that opportunity, I, I sometimes get concerned for for guys on teams who have certain assets and and need to play a certain way, but they're not getting that. They're not. They're not. They don't seem to be the puzzle. So you know, Lemieux has those opportunities. He's had those opportunities. He shined a few. You know, a uh, few moments here. But they're they're so far, few and far between. If you can understand what I'm trying to say, so to focus too much on it. But anyway, like you said, we got to sit back here and what wait. But with that said, you know, between him and well, and Ron, I think I don't mean to cut you off. It's all right. No, I was gonna say he he also needs to be more of a jerk out on the ice, right? Like I thought he was like an agitator. I didn't see him agitating. But that's a lot so of hard these days. Opponents though. last year. It's so hard yeah, with the officiating, still, like, man. I, 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 no, but I don't even mean like you know physical stuff. Like you know, like a Sean. I, I don't want to see him like a Sean Avery talking trash. To the other team out there because he does it sometimes. But his coach, the coaching has to in. let him do that. I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know what? That is a good point, though. I mean, is he being muzzled? That's you what know, I'm talking that, about. Yeah. No. Yeah, you may be right. You may be right. I mean, look, that did, you know, I bring up Avery. I mean, that is what was happening under, you know, when he played under Rennie, Rennie just let him run wild. And that's why he was so effective. But once Torts came in, he wanted to ran him in. And he said, look, I can't have this guy running around, you know, like a crazy man, even though that's what made him effective. And, and he, he virtually, you know, neutered Avery. So, yeah, who knows? Maybe maybe that is what went on there. You know, I have no, you know, no insight in what well, goes there's, on. There's, in the a, there's a great but. example you just brought up, though. That's two totally different systems. I mean, Rennie and Torts, right? And, you know, Rennie was just trying to, you know, that was uh, what we had the one of the lockouts back then. The Rangers hadn't been in the playoffs in seven yep. years or something like that. So he was just they were just scrounging just to kind of get become credible again. And then when the baton was handed off to Torts, and you know how Torts runs his show, you know he runs it like the military, you know, and it's got to be efficient. I mean he's 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 rough and tough himself off the ice in front of the microphone and everything, but Torts' system is like woo. And if you if you don't buy into it and if you don't plan it and if it ain't right for you. You know, it doesn't work out. I mean, Torts himself got himself out of New York because of that. Because I, I firmly believe there won't, the reason Torts didn't stay on here is because there was certain players, and even one guy who I think just left, um, you know, granted, AV, you know, they have the success and go to the finals and everything, but this gets back to where I guess I'm kind of coming from with Lemieux. Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a certain type of player. Uh, he's a good guy, but is he gonna is he gonna make it in Quinn's system? You know, just like you look at the guys who you know the way you you brought up Avery flourishing with Rennie, but he he couldn't with Torts. And then you know by the time Av gets here, it's a total different show altogether. And Av does a little bit of both, I guess you could say. So that's that's where I'm kind of getting at in terms of um, you know Lemieux. I'm pulling for the guy. I guess deep down, KD, I'm I'm thinking I don't know. If he's going to get the opportunity, if you're if you're looking at Lemieux's strengths, are Lemieux's strengths 
going to be able to be used under this coaching system with the rest of the talent and as far as, you know, the way this league has become in terms of how it's played. It's really an outside game these days, man. I mean, you could see it even in the finals too, man. It was a lot of stuff to the – most of the goals were scored from the outside from the point. You know, a little bit of traffic in front. But um, that's just my take on 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 whether or not where, you know, or how Lemieux's going to, uh, you know, make it here with the Rangers. I love the guy. He's, like, I, I love him like I love uh, D'Angelo. A great personality, um, fan favorite and everything else. And I hope he does get the opportunity. I just don't know if he's going to be able to flourish here under Quint. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, unless Quinn and JD and Gordon aren't on the same page, again, the management is talking toughness, harder team to play. And you assume Lemieux fills that role or that void. So I'm, uh, I have to assume they're having conversations with Quinn like, well, we got to make sure that we can get the best out of Lemieux because that's what we need. So, yeah, I mean, if it comes down to a system-type thing, you hope they're all on the same page there. That's going to be a real problem because... I think it's going to be so much fun to watch. (laughs) J.D., Gordon, and Quinn. It's going to be super. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, we got to wait till January to see it, but... (laughs) It's not too far away, pal. (laughs) I guess. So, um, So, just a little over 10 mil... Left over here for I guess Lemieux and, and Strom. So, <laughs> are they spending all of it? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's gonna come. It's gonna get close. I mean they're gonna be up against it. So I mean, yeah, that's obviously what the Rangers need to decide here with Strom is um, are they gonna get a deal done before arbitration? What are they looking to offer? I assume that they're looking for a deal similar to D'Angelo. It's got to be. I mean, Strom, I think, made $3.1 million last year. So he's got to be looking after, you know, the year that he had last year, he's looking at five minimum, I, I guess. Uh, but uh, I'm assuming the Rangers are looking more four and a half in that, in that area. If he goes to arbitration, it's going to be five. You think so? So then do the – yeah, I mean, that's what – from what I've read, it looks like that's where the arbitrator will fall. Again, it's only for one year because okay. he's a unrestricted free agent after that. So I, I guess you could live with one year at $5 million, but maybe the Rangers don't want to pay that. They walk away. Strong becomes a, an unrestricted free agent, and he gets whatever money is coming to him. But, you know, if that's the case, the Rangers need plan B. Like, if they're ready to move on from Strom, say they trade him, you know, I don't even know how much you can get back for Strom. I mean, prospect picks. You know, you're not getting anything great for him. I, if they did, that would be amazing. I, look, I've been amazed by a lot of of what Gordon is doing this offseason and during the rebuild, so maybe it wouldn't surprise me if he pulled another rabbit out of his hat, but I, I wouldn't expect, you know, a huge prospect back or, you know, a number one pick for Strom if they were able to move him. But, again, if they were, whether it's trade or they walk away from him, you know, what is plan B? So, you know, there's a lot of players that have been uh, thrown out there. Howla, Granlin, 
you know, those guys, I, I think they've had success in the NHL. They're both coming off down seasons. The Howell, I think, has been hurt. Knee injuries. Uh, Granlin had, uh, where he got, he got traded and, you know, he, it, where was he in Nashville? Yeah. It really wasn't working out there. So he's coming off a down year, but I, from what I've read, there's a lot of suitors for both of them. So there could be a bidding war for them. So now that, again, they're getting rid of Strom because they don't want to pay him. So now they're going to pay these guys. I, I, you know, I just don't see that happening. You know, I also find it funny. I just keep seeing stuff out there like, you know, that the Rangers are going to like offer sheet bars out. They have no money. The offer sheet them with what? Exactly. <laughs> you know? I, I just find it. I keep seeing that out there. I'm like, please, everybody stop. Nobody offers sheets anybody. And the Rangers have no money. All he does is run into the corners and spin around. And then he's <laughs> just, he's a guy you bump off the puck. He's done. He's got nothing else. I'll be <laughs> yeah. all right. If we don't get bars. On. I, you know, he can stay on the Island wherever he goes. So look, this is, you got to feel, this might be like a Tony D thing with Stromer, right? You have to feel there's no way the Rangers want to give him $5 million, even if it's for a year. No. So I think this is really going to come down to Strom, whether or not he's going to take a little off the top there because he wants to stay here. you know. But then again, you look at Strom as a talent, and there's no doubt he could definitely help out another team. And you know the possibility is out there for him to, to get more money and another opportunity. But... This year coming up for the Rangers, this one year, you know, it's a throw it up in the air year, you know. I mean, granted, the 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 team will get some points and everything, but you know, with all the unforeseen, with all the uh, you know the chemistry that's got to be rekindled again, um, injuries, you you have no idea what's going to happen there too. Um, you know, he's got to really look at that, you know. But I have to feel that the Rangers don't want to give him the money. So if, if, if Ryan comes back here, you know, for that, you know, one way, the other, they're going to – I. so what I'm trying to say is that the Rangers will definitely try and move him because they don't want to give him five mil a year. That's my thing. And if Ryan wants to go to arbitration, right, is, th- is that really how it works, though, then? So the Rangers, if they, if they can't trade him, right, then they have to go regardless, correct? Yeah, I'm sure they'll, they'll go to the arbitrate – you know, they'll go to arbitration – the arbitrator can say, okay, five and a half million dollars for one year. Take it or leave it. And the Rangers could say, no thanks. They pass, and Strom becomes a unrestricted free agent. You know, I, that's a that's a tough thing. You're you're walking away. You're gonna lose him for nothing. So But is that a bad thing for the Rangers? Well, I mean, he is an asset. Uh, you know, he had a real good year last year. If you're going to move on from him, you'd like to get something. Well, if, but if he's in the long-term plans, right, then the, the money is not necessarily an issue? No, look, I mean, losing him for nothing, you know, it, it's not like it sets back the rebuild or, you know, whatever it is. Again, if you feel as though... Heedle's ready to take that next step, and now you have the extra money to bring in a Wenberg that you feel that you like, or whoever else they they could potentially be looking at. You know, it it really doesn't matter. So, but from a pure asset management standpoint, yeah, I think you like to get something for him. You'd like to at least try, and, and it sounds like that's what they're doing. I mean, Gordon admitted it that he was shopping Strom 
ahead of uh, them giving him the qualifying offer. So th- that is what they say. I think I agree with you. They don't want to pay him. I think they look at last season and they probably are attributing it to playing with Panarin. They don't think he's that good. And they could bring somebody else in here to play with Panarin and, and put up those kind of numbers. I don't think it's that easy. I really don't think you could just shove anybody in there. And I think Hedl still has a lot to prove. But I think that the Rangers are starting more of the Panarin effect on Strom than him really doing it on his own. This guy Strom's causing a lot of trouble. <laughs> causing a lot of trouble. You know Hey, look, and he's a good guy, too. I mean, he, he didn't cause any problems. It seems like the, his teammates really like him. So, you know, you, you can't leave that out either, that, you know, the team likes him, locker room presence and all that, all those intangibles. So, you know, you don't want to bring in somebody who comes in here and it just doesn't click. You know, it's easy to say, well, just bring in another guy and put him with, with Panarin. You know, easier said than done. What to do, what to do. What to hey, we do. say it all the time. Better Gordon in that seat than us because, yeah, these are tough decisions. Not all these decisions. And buy, you know, buying out Hang, trade, well, trading still is easy, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Winner! You know, we'll cut, we'll, you know, working out a deal, what type of deal are you giving D'Angelo? What do we do with Strom? You know, it's it. These are these are tough, tough decisions. So, you know, I everything's been, you know, turning up uh, real nice for us lately with Gordon. So, you know, I we say it all the time. We have all the faith in the world in him. So, it's, yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. It's it's really just going to come down to you know you you you're trying to jump inside these guys' heads, and then you watch trends, you watch actions, you watch what they you listen to what they say. So everything to me leans that they don't want to. They don't want to pay him. They don't want to. They don't eat five and a half mil on Strong. That's m- my feeling right now. Or they just kind of got to work something out. Maybe Stromer's, you know, just says, "Hey, look, I'll I want to come back. I'll play for a little less for the one year, whatever the heck it is." But again, it's all speculation. Blah 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 blah. And we'll see what happens, and and we'll go from there. I mean, one way or the other, Strom like the guy. Would love him to still be a part of this team uh, if he can continue to produce. Like I said, he had a magical year last year playing with Panarin. And, um, you know, the guy's been bounced around a little bit so from team to team, so we'll see what happens. His size. And again, too, like I said, is that's the other thing, too. We have no idea. Jacques Martin coming in here and, and Quinn, you know, going to his third year, too, and, and then seeing this roster starting to come together. And, you know, the goaltending solidified. The, the defense is pretty much solidified as, as far as the, 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 the you know the top four guys five guys whatever the heck it is with an opportunity to plug in one or two guys and obviously Jack Johnson here coming to save save the day and and put take a drink. Team. <laughs> so um, and I think it's fun that the Rangers really have to you know as far as finding a replacement for Strom. You know, or not, you know, what they got. You know, we got a lot of guys up front right now who can put the puck in, and it's going to be just great to to sit back and see how uh, Lafreniere gets in there one way or the other and what he can do. And, you know, we'll all sit back and, and see how Capo gets in there too. So this, there's there's a lot of fun stuff where, you know, to me, Strom's signing or non-signing is, is not really an epic part 
of this team moving forward. He's he's not the you know, oh, you can't lose him kind of guy. You know, that's that's not a big that's not the deal here. You know, the Rangers have done what they can so far and they've obviously been very lucky to uh, have some great homegrown talent, and they 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 made the two big deals last year with Trubin and Panarin, man. You know, and I guess the other thing we can talk about here too is uh, Georgiev getting his his deal here too, and where where you think that law? I mean, it's just great you're going to have him and Chesty one two either way one way or the other, and then like I said, in two years or prior to that. Depending on where things fall out here in the next year as far as trades, you know, he's just a great asset to have on the team, number one, as a player. But Georgiev is also going to be uh, always – it's always going to be there, unfortunately, for him now too for the for the next couple of years is, is whether or not he might be part of a, a package deal, you know. So we'll see what happens. And this is the whole thing right now. And this is the – this is the uh, – uh, the spin wheel that we're in right now, KD, as far as, you know, where the the team is, where the league is right now in terms of moving forward and playing and all this other stuff. I mean, I think we're all just chomping at the bit right now. You know, Lemieux and, and uh, Stromer here, they get signed or they don't get signed here in the next two weeks. That's one thing. But I think more importantly right now, you look at our roster, we just want to get on the ice, man. We just want to – when is training camp? When When's the schedule coming? You know, when can we just start doing this thing? You know, when can we, you know, I'm excited now because, you know, we joke, but I'm serious too. You know, Hank's gone, man. And, you know, I, I can't wait to see Shesty get a full workload, you know. We've seen Georgiev get his, you know, he's been with the team obviously a little longer and been, a, uh, you know, up at the big team here uh, prior to Shesty. We, we got a little dose of uh, Shesty, and that's no point intended on his size or anything, but... um just to see those two back there lock in. And we've talked about this. We're very lucky as Ranger fans as far as the goaltending for this franchise, you know, since Hank. You know, Hank, was, it was just nothing we had never had to worry about. And it looks like, again, we don't have to worry about that. So I'm just kind of going off here on a tangent where, you know, getting Tony and Georgie have signed here. And, you know, whatever happens with Stromer happens and, and Lemieux too. Again, two guys we both like. But it's not, they're not the big storyline, KD. I guess maybe that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, no, I, 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 it's weird. I, I'm not, like, when we were, we spoke, we talked about this on the last show a little bit. I was saying, I, a couple of shows ago or over the summer that I thought this coming year was a big year for Quinn, where I think thought that they needed to make the playoffs and make that next step that they were really moving from a rebuild to okay it's time to start winning and that was going to start this coming year but looking at what the rangers are doing i don't think that they think they're at that point yet when you're bringing in a jack johnson drink because you're want to bring along these younger defensemen slowly it says to me that this is going to be another development year and it's not necessarily about winning so if that's what they're going to be doing and bringing in and having that strategy of bringing these younger guys in slowly a Miller and high what are they going to do with Hayek and 
and Lundqvist, they didn't even bring over. You know, he didn't want to come back over, and it didn't sound like they re- were really pushing to bring him back over for this this coming year. So, what does that mean for Strom in that strategy where it's another development year? Is it well? Why are we even bringing this guy back to have more chemistry with Panarin when we don't even want him after this, Ex- this next year? Great point, man. So, That's huge. Yep. Yeah, so let's get rid of him. Let's move up Heedle. Let's see if we can develop him into the second-line center. We hope he could be where he's playing with Panarin or whoever ends up being on that second line. You know, maybe that makes more sense if this team is saying it's not about winning. If they went into this year and saying, look, we need, we want to win, we want to make the playoffs, and we maybe want to win around, well, then bringing Strom back makes a lot of sense because – he has the chemistry with Panarin. He's going to be a productive player, which obviously will help this team win. But if that's not the priority, it's another year of developing, bringing these young defensemen in. What do we have in Heedle? Then Strom really doesn't make much sense. So, yeah, I agree that a lot of, uh, you know, the bigger picture here is that this is going to be another development year. Sure, they want to win. Every- Everybody wants to win. Uh, you know, last year was about development. They started winning, and suddenly it was great. You know, it's not like JD is like, well, you know, I don't care about the win. The, the winning is good because I think it helps with the rebuild and gets the younger guys some confidence that they can play at this level, and, and the rebuild is working. But it looks like that that's just not going to be the priority this year. Like, if you make the playoffs, that's awesome, and that's great, and it's just showing that everything is working and, and we're bringing in the right players. But if it doesn't, you could still look at it and be like, well, we had Jack Johnson in there for a lot and the younger guys we really brought along very slowly. So it wasn't towards the end of the year that they really started playing well. Um, and, and Heedle, it took him a little while to adjust to that bigger role. And, and you can look at it that way and, and then say, look, now we're ready to go. We've got these young defensemen, the experience, Heedle finally started clicking in that second line position, and now we're ready to roll, and it's time to win. So, yeah, I agree that there there is definitely a bigger picture here, and and because of that, yeah, it could ultimately lead to Strom being left out. And now, picture this too. I mean, we're talking about the team here, and and you know, look, as far as winning, this next season coming up, right, Katie, is going to be completely different. And management has to look at this. Now, the team on paper is very talented. The Rangers aren't necessarily going to be this, like, you know, bottom feeder team next year, uh, next season. The other thing you have to look at, too, is, and and these guys are all going to be, you know, deep into this over the next month or two is when the league comes back and gives them a plan. So, like, there's been this talk of realigning the divisions, right, and playing in the regions, because of COVID and the travel and everything else. So you look at the Metro, right? And, you know, it, that's a pretty damn tough, you know, division to begin with, obviously. You know, and you, you probably, you got to, you know, all kidding aside, with Ovi and the Caps and Hank and those guys, that's, that's still a damn good hockey club there. Uh, as long as uh, Sidney Crosby and, and Genny Malkin are still on the Pittsburgh Penguins, they're still a good team. And now uh, they don't have Jack Johnson, so they'll definitely now, be better that's, defensively. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> have another drink. <laughs> so, um, Columbus we know about. Carolina's obviously a solid team. Icelanders, Devs. 
Um, I forget anybody. I think that's it. So depending on it, and then, you know, whether or not we're going to play. Flyers. Yes. Oh, well, there you go. Flyers too, man. So, you know, that's, you know, how do you look, how do you look at that for, for the team and for the coach and for the organization? Whereas in, under normal circumstances, number one, you'd have, like you brought it up before, your AHL affiliate. Um, so, you know, at least you have a, um, you have a farm system to, to pull, throw guys back and forth from, uh, run a normal t- training camp and, and, and go from there. The other thing too is now as far as travel, home ice advantage, road trips, you know, extended ones, the, the West Coast trip back and forth. All these things that are probably going to be eliminated. Certain teams that you're not even going to play against, possibly, uh, throughout the league. So then what happens is, is is once you know how you have to go into the season next year as an NHL franchise, and we're talking about the New York Rangers here, we're going to be in one of the, if not the toughest divisions in the league if they do do it that way. You know, granted... um you know, the Midwest and, you know, whatever they do with Dallas and, and Nashville and all those teams down there. And, um, you know, obviously the West Coast is going to be good. And I'm sorry, you know, Vegas is in the mix. And Vegas has got to be the favorites now for next year with all the moves that they made and stuff. Um, but, and then all the Canadian teams are, you know, they're t- again, this is all here, so we don't know. But let's say they are just playing each other up there too. You know, there's a different route for all those teams uh, to get, you know, uh, through a season and, and, and playoff placement. So the New York Rangers, regardless of how the league comes down, if they end up going through a division or just a, an Eastern Conference way, um, it's going to be tough because we're going to see, obviously, you know, again, we don't know how many games they're going to play, but it's going to be, uh, you know, upfront, in-your-face type hockey, which I will also add, if that does happen, it's going to make this young team so much better if that's the year that we have this year where they're going to get into some really – you know, where if it's a shortened season for some reason, it's going to be kind of like a playoff kind of feeling and the rivalries and everything else. Granted, we're not going to probably have fan bases. We don't know yet. Let's stay positive, and, and hopefully it'll happen one way or the other. But this, I think, is going to be another advantage for this young team to play in that type of a – I think it's going to be more of an intense type of hockey, the way the bubble was. Um, just get your take on that as far as, you know, that's just another element of, of how not only the Rangers – but every every GM team, every uh, administration running these teams right now has to look at. They don't know yet how they're going to run their team competitively un- until the league announces this. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's going to be similar to the baseball season, Major League Baseball season, where it was all geographic and in the teams that you are playing. It was a sprint. The season was a sprint, not a marathon. And there's more urgency to games earlier in the season. You know, the season got late real quick when there's so many fewer games. So, um, yeah, I mean, that that will definitely lead to changing strategies and, and how they're looking at the roster and what they want to do and who they want to keep. And, uh, you know, I'm sure it factors into what they want to do with Strom as well. Um, so yeah, look, it's, it's, we all have to get used to this. It's the new normal as everyone likes to say, and I hate saying that. Um, so you have to just embrace it as a fan, uh, you know, what they're going to do here and, and, and just enjoy the fact that we are even getting hockey 
you know, so yeah, I think it'll heat up some rivalries, which is always a good thing. If, if we play a little bit more of the Islanders and a little bit more of the devils and a little less of, you know, Winnipeg, you know, I'm okay with that. You know, I, I like seeing our traditional rivals a little bit more. That's always, that's always fun. A little more AV and the, and the flyers. So um, that's definitely a, a, a positive aspect of, of what they could be bringing here with the shortened season and maybe only playing the Metro teams or however they decide to do it, which is what, which to me is fun. I like those type of uh, uh, rivalries. There's always more juice to the game as a fan, whether, like you said, whether there are fans in the arena or you're just at home watching, uh, there is an uh, elevated intensity there. So, Whatever they come up with, I'm just going to be happy to be watching hockey. You know, we went through it in the spring when there was no sports. So we know how awful it could be. So any any hockey is better than no hockey or whatever they decide to come up with. And yeah, they've already proved that they could come up with a, a plan that works over the summer. I, I think it was just a great success. And and, uh, you know, I've said it a couple of times, just kudos to Batman. And again, you don't really say that too often. Um, and everybody involved with with the NHL and, and putting the playoffs back together. So I have full confidence that uh, they'll put together a great product and, and, and have a great strategy on, on how they want to put it together. I agree, man. What's the what's, why is everybody down on Batman, man? Yeah, you, just gotta you just got to do it. You just got to be, it's like booing. You don't know why you're booing them, but you just got to boo them. These guys are making more money than they've ever made. Uh, you know, the Winter Classics, you know, parties in Vegas with trophies, all that stuff, you know. I just need, I just, you know what. The stadium one Series, the Stadium Series, man. We got to get it back here in New York, man. That was awesome. Cool. Yeah, I mean they they look, the Winter Classic was awesome. I think the Stadium Series eh, waters it down a little bit. But, um, you know, it was a great idea. I mean, getting it outside, I mean, that's just a phenomenal idea um, that they brought in there, which is um, which is great. Yeah, I, I bring it up. Where, I got to hit a game in Central Park or something. That'd be phenomenal. Well, we, we need games, man. We need, we need a schedule. You know, that's the biggest thing. And obviously, these guys are not going to do the bubble thing. They, that's not going to happen. No. Guys, you know, so they've got a lot of things to work on. And we do. We just have to, you know, that's the frustrating part. But you know what, man? We've all gone through worse. Somebody out there's got it worse than us, you know? We just got to hang tight. Our team, our squad is is in a great situation. And more than anything, you know, the whole reason me and you decided to do this damn thing again is, is because the future looks bright. And, you know, we just got so much to look forward to and so much to, to scream about, you know? And, and that's what we need, man. We need games again. Uh, we need line pairings. We need to read, you know, uh, game reports and, um, you know, training, you know, rosters, all this stuff that we all love to do and, and, and you know, get beyond all this speculation, which we're, we're kind of, you know, that really kind of, we were really conditioned through it there from March through July, man. I mean, it was, it was tough. Remember those days, KD? <laughs> I try to, I try to block them out. <laughs> I was, All right, pretty so- much, I was pretty much blacked out drunk, so that made it easy. <laughs> let, I let know me you were. You, let me ask you this. You're obviously the, you know, the gear gap guy around here. Were you, I, I was surprised at how high 
of a contract he signed. Like I thought like he was going to be like one and a half million. And yeah, for him to get, he got like 2.4 mil a year. I was actually surprised that the Rangers went that high with him. That's I really to thought keep the as pressure a, on Chesty. I guess. I mean, maybe I was just wrong with it. And maybe I just don't know what backups are getting paid these days, you know, but I was surprised that number came in because essentially, you know, buying out Lundqvist and, you know, it saved them like, like three mil, three and a half million, whatever it was on the cap this year. I mean, it essentially just went to Gergiev. I mean, because you have, you still have oh, the five on, and a half man. million on the books. I mean, they literally saved no money buying them out. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, look, it's, it's because it's about moving forward, brother. No, that, I understand. I understand. I'm why. just saying look, financially. One, it was like yeah, a wash. Yeah, but he, you're going to tell me Georgiev's not worth it. You're going to tell me, I, I brought it up so many times that they, they you know, Georgiev was the, the odd man out, but he was the guy that the team needed to lean on there uh, in certain spots. Primarily, I mean, you're, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. No, go. I, I was going to let you go on with your, you know, Georgiev love fest. No, I was just going to uh, say uh, one or two more things, okay? When Hank was struggling before Shesty was even... One or two or ten more things. <laughs> no, I'm going to take two two things right here, okay? The two biggest <laughs> things that I take out from last season, all right? When Hank was struggling, Georgiev was the guy that they went through and he helped them out, okay? And that was way before Shesty was even a thought, okay? And then when Shesty, um, you know, he gets hurt and everything, and Georgiev, this guy is the glue to the New York Rangers, okay? And you got to pay the glue a little extra money, so the team doesn't fall apart. And that's why Georgia got paid so high and full marks for him because he's Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're definitely higher on gear give than I am. I think he's very good. He's a phenomenal um, goaltender. What is uh, well, 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 I, I would oh, come you know, roll on, back man. I would roll back the phenomenal. So give me give me the negatives then. If you're gonna if you're gonna I, put I felt the that, that they were I felt that there were a number of times this this past year where he would where Quinn was ready to hand him the mantle and he sort of didn't take it. I felt that there were some games where he was, he was playing well. He was going more towards Gurgiev than Lundqvist before they brought up Chesterkin. Hey, missed the hospitality. uh, I felt there was a couple of times there where he really laid an egg where you felt as though if he, you know, this is a big game for the team, for him. And, uh, you know what? I you know, like... you're, you should be ashamed of yourself being a former <laughs> goaltender, knowing how much rubber, all right, Georgia had to face back in that defensive squad this, and that defensive system, especially you, early you, in the season. But I have said a number of times that I do love the idea of going forward with two young, talented goalies, um, you know, for the foreseeable future. So it's not like I'm down on the move. Where I'm like, I should have kept Lundqvist, and this is horrible, and blah blah blah. Like, I like it. I like having two young goaltenders. I think they'll push each other. I do. Um, I thought it was a little much to sign him for. I don't know. I thought he would definitely go for probably a million less a year, or you know, whatever. He's, they're but, investing in him to yeah, uh, I mean, ensure and to ensure their future investment into Shesty. Okay. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Who knows? Maybe he uh, he beats out Chesterkin. I must be drinking. Goodness gracious! <laughs> <Come on. laughs> Where do you get off? 
putting that. I mean, you're talking like, you know, Georgiev's like, you know, like a, a third string goaltender, man. The guy's phenomenal. And he could be the number one Again, on the Rangers. You got to roll back that phenomenal <laughs> because there is no phenomenal. <laughs> when we talk about, there's phenomenal when you talk about this. Jerkin. This is going you're, to you're, continue. You're, 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 hey. <laughs> He's good. He's good. Oh, I can't wait for phenomenal. the schedule. I can't wait Phenomenal. for the games. I can't wait for the games. Shesty better not Phenomenal. make one mistake, man. I'm telling you, man. If he goes down and Georgie I mean, you're, you're, saves the you're team, I am going to own you. Calling, you're calling your gift phenomenal, and you're the same guy who's all over Kako. You're ready to send him back to Finland. What did Kako do for us last year? <laughs> At least Georgiev was working in the nets. He had to work. He had no choice. What did Ka- what what did Capo do for us last year? I'm waiting. He was a young. It was a young guy. Oh, it's <laughs> so boring. You know that's oh. my. You know that's my go-to. Second round draft. Learning pick. Capo, the NHL. Kako. Came he back his, after what, he the scored break. in the open. He, he scored opening night. He scored opening yeah, night, and then he didn't score until that game in Dallas. What was it? How many games? He was. He was. Yeah, he was games, ready to explode. He was. I was ready. The, we were ready to see the real Kako in COVID. Yeah, he's another guy on my list next I'm season. Okay. COVID. <laughs> You're gonna blame the COVID. <laughs> I'm blaming the COVID. Oh man, Chesty and Capo. Or on my watch list next year. Okay, buddy. All right. And he better not go into any slumps. Well, I mean, Capo's been in a slump. He can't even get out. So I don't even know. Hey, look, I want him to do well. Let's show up, baby. Let's go. Put some pucks in the net. Let's go. It's more than just a cool name. All right? Show me. Yeah, like, look, you know what, though? I, you know, and. This is a big year for uh, Capo Capo. Thank you. I, I, See, he, it's not. It's not no, funny it is. Now, it right? is. I mean, you hate. Not funny now. You, you do hate. You do hate to say it, but look, he's the number two pick. He had a underwhelming season last year. <laughs> if he comes out and has another underwhelming season, oof! I mean, the fans are going to start getting on him. I mean, you're like the one fan who's on him now, but you know, fans are fickle. They'll turn on him real quick. I am astonished if, with the patience the Ranger fans had with Capo Caco last year. I mean, first year young guy. Oh, I, I I think oh, you, I think ha- you like there has to, been another first year young guys on this team I, I think who that, sucked I think like he was, did last year. No, I understand. Hey, I said it. He sucked I, last year. <laughs> I I think he had some built-in excuses. I do. I think you can look at it. Look, you know, he's coming over from Europe. And and how young he was and and I I look ask me the violin excuses I I don't know but I think that they're built in excuses for him but I those two things that you know that I always go to make excuses for him um, they're no longer there next year so you know we need to see a much improved Kako or I'm telling you you know. The media and the fans, you're, you're going to start hearing the B word, the bust. You know, is he, and, and, you know, you hate to say that it's going to come out that quick, but if he does, again, struggle and it looks like he can't figure it out, now I think he will. I'm confident that he will, but if he does it, 
Oh, baby. As JD yeah, likes to say. You're going to have to deal with me on this show. I don't know. I don't even think I want to. I will stop doing the podcast because I just won't want to hear you every week oh, going well, after the kid. The point is they would not even want to be 20 years old, however old he is. Hopefully we won't have to worry about that, buddy. Yeah, right. I, I, I do. I think he's going to I think he's going to come in and, and we're going to see the real Capo Caco this year. But. Man, if we don't, I'm, I'm telling you, it's going to it's going to be tough because once. You know, the fans start turning on him a little bit and the, the articles start coming out and questioning, you know, him, you know, the confidence. And once that goes, there's no turning back. We'll see. We'll see. Once that goes, you're Leah Anderson. And we all know what happens. <laughs> we all know. You're running back there. to Europe. I'm just looking at a picture of George if you're covering the corner, the side of the net, man. He looks like he looks like Optimus Prime, man. He's a monster. He's going to kick ass next year, buddy. Give him more money. <laughs> Look Give out, some Chester. of Shesterkin's money. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll see what happens. All right, buddy, a couple quick things. Is there anything uh, else that you want to get to uh, before we wrap things up? Anything else on your mind here? Uh, I have a couple quick questions for you, and uh, I wanted to ask uh, a quick take on, on Doc. Uh, I'm dead, so what I was going to bring up. Look at you. Look at All us. Right, go. See? Look at us. <laughs> All right, so let's let's up. talk about Doc. Go ahead. Yeah, he's going to be missed. I mean, I I found it. I tweeted this out the other day. I found it weird that a lot of Ranger fans were hating on him. And I know he's got the Devils broadcasting background, but I just, I, I don't know what people listen to. I love him. I mean, he he's just so excited calling a game. He's sort of like he's not as good as Gary Thorne was, but he's as close to that as as we. He had. I mean, I was. You know, there's a lot of uh, highlight videos of his calls during Ranger games. I mean, the guy screaming at the top of his lungs during, you know, a Lundqvist save and and the the step on goal against Washington. You know, in Game Seven in overtime. I mean, he screams. I You know, I'm sorry, people. Like he, it sounded like he was forced. Forced? That didn't sound forced at all. And that clip, it was like that, one of the clip that you calls. that clip you shared of Stepan's goal, man, that was genuine, man. That was beautiful. I mean, exactly. That's not forced. Like you know, I don't know. In fact, you know, in people fact, get that... angry because he he had the, you know he had all the you know waffle boarded and you so know much. everything else. I I love that stuff. It's great. You know, he would he, a guy who would show that much passion, you know, during a, a broadcast of you know. Any team, team may maybe not even have a rooting interest for, um, yeah, that's a talent. Not many people have it, and, and he will be missed. Hey, look, man, I'll be the first one to tell you, like I said, back in the old days with uh, Doc and Chico and mm. the Devils, you know, and obviously those are contentious times for us Ranger fans too, you know, with the, uh, the back and forth in the 90s and everything else. But, look, Number one, I've I've been lucky enough. I got to interview Doc there a few years back uh, on one of my old uh, shows on Yahoo Sports Radio, and it was just a privilege to get to talk to the guy. Because off off air, like not calling a game, I mean the guy's just a world class guy. He's just a superhuman man. He's just a, a gentleman, and you know, I mean, you just can't rave enough. I'll say it again: how lucky we were 
you know, we're all getting older here now, too, and all these guys that we grew up with, you know, from the, let's just take it from the 90s to now, too, a lot of these guys are hanging it up and retiring, and, you know, that's just the natural progression of things. But for us, you know, we these guys, you know, whether it's Hank or whether it's Doc Emmerich, you know, uh, you know, talking 15, 20, 30 years of broadcasting, especially here in, in New York. But Doc's like the best, man. I mean, yeah, you know, he would he, you know, it doesn't matter. I can't give the guy a negative, you know, take on anything. You know, whether you thought some of his corniness was over the top and everything. You have to remember, especially in these last few years when Doc decided to to not travel anymore. And he wanted to be with NBC and he, he got that super gig just doing the playoffs, the Winter Classics and everything else and all the guy. That guy is commentating for, you know, the the home... He's got to be neutral with the two teams that are in front of him. And I don't know, that's just not easy to do. And you you can take it, you can dislike him, you know, not in a personal way, but obviously here in New York with the Rangers and the Devils and everything, of course, because, you know, you just couldn't stand it. I mean, I mean, I used to cringe listening to, to Jigs and Westfall, but they were two of the best in the game, you know? So he's just... We're like I said, we're lucky to have had him. We're we're lucky that um, he was a part of the NHL getting the national broadcasting deal with NBC and having a solid, smart, decent human being. You know, calling the the best game in the world, and that's hockey. And yes, he was so many uh, a big part of a lot of the stuff. Like I said, the Rangers because of the success the Rangers had uh, over these past few years and being involved with the Stadium Series and the Winter Classics and everything else too. So. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't get the hate, you know, but then again, KD, these days people just complain and whine about everything. Oh yeah. I mean, that's what social media is there for. I mean, to hate on everybody. I mean, you can't, can't say anything positive about people on social media. Um, so yeah, I mean, everybody just loves to hate these days, but yeah, I mean, any great Ranger moment during the last, you know, 15 years of being in the playoffs was called by Emmerich, yep. <laughs> you know, in, in the playoffs. Hey, uh, if, the anything, Rangers, if anything, you got to feel bad for, for Sam not being able to do that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, now it's who are they going to bring in? I mean, you see Kenny Albert, and, you know, we all love Kenny. So, you know, if he's a guy who, who comes in to replace him, that'd be amazing um, because he is one of the best. And, sure and we're all very familiar with him. Yep. Um, so I don't, I don't think any Ranger fans will be hating on him. So, um, so yeah, that'd be great if, if Kenny comes in, but I tell you what, I, you know, I mentioned Gary Thorne, man, I miss him calling games, huh? Yeah. I don't mean to, you know, segue away from Doc. No, you're right. Take man. away from him. That was, I mean, I, him and Bill Clement, man, the, ESPN. Yeah. Am I, am I making this up? Is the NHL talking about going back to ESPN? Was that something that was out there? Like a rumor that they're going back to ESPN? Potentially, I, have, I know the NBC deal was, I think, originally for ten years. We'd have to look it up, man. I think other than I thought me, I read something up. recently about the ESPN being interested in bringing the NHL back. Let me ask you this. Was... Let me ask you this. Do you want them back on ESPN? Yes. Really? I mean, that was. I mean, that was what you know. That just brings me back to when we were kids. All the I I watched so much more hockey. Back then, I think just because ESPN was it for me when I was a kid, I, I used to watch so many episodes of Sports Center. 
and I'd always be putting on, I don't watch ESPN as much as um, I did that. I just think there's too much garbage on there now um, with all like the first take and, you know, all these stupid shows. Well, that that's are why on I there. asked you that because I, I know, look, I, I agree with you back in the day with ESPN two as well, too. Was yeah. Just, the deuce. Steve it Levy was, deuce. was fantastic. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. But I don't they know. All the commercials, all those great hockey commercials, the one with like Richter is making all the saves and he turns around and he wipes the plexiglass behind them that's, you know, in the goal. Just all those like hockey commercials that went along with, you know, the classic ESPN commercials that they do with all the athletes. It's a different just beast amazing. though today, man. What's that? It's a different beast. There's so much yeah, I know. content. They, be, I mean, NHL will just kind of be lost in it, I guess. I mean, granted, look, if Gary and the guys and the GMs and they get a huge contract offer, you know they're going to go with them. We're not going to have any say in it. But I think the one good thing about NBC, though, it's it's their, their they're kind of like it's their thing, and it's an upfront thing, and they're pretty much one of the most primary programming as part of it. I think just it's, you know, NHL on TV nationally is just tough. It's such a regional sport, you know? Well, and I think for me, you know, this is more of like a selfish and, and where I am with, you know, my TV watching habits is where ESPN is and ESPN 2 are when I'm channel surfing, right? So on Long Island, I have Cablevision and ESPN 2 is channel 35 and ESPN is channel 36. So when I'm flipping around, I'm in like that area of channels when I'm just flipping through, you know, NBC sports is like whatever it is, a hundred and something or two. I don't even know what it is. So when I'm flipping around, I'm usually not there. So I miss a lot of games just because I'm, flipping around when I was younger and I was flipping around I would just be around the ESPN channels and I'd be like oh a game's on and I would watch it you know and I I just think again like you said with cable tv and there's so many channels these days that it gets lost and you get lost in it but if you're on ESPN like I think people can find the game easier and it's just my experience with it I've definitely watched a lot less hockey since they moved, you know, they went to the outdoor network and then, you know, NBC took that over or however that worked. And then they were on ESPN, uh, NBC sports, um, which was a little easier to find. I knew where that channel was, but I just feel like channel surfing wise, if I was flipping around, I'm like, Oh, the game's on. I, I rarely find myself flipping around and getting to NBC sports where that is on the cable vision sort of channel dial. Um, and I think getting back to ESPN, I think we'll and, – and everything that goes along with it, with the commercials, and I think they get creative with that stuff. And I think having the NHL and ESPN may force them to talk about hockey a little bit more also. Um, and, and I think the audiences for ESPN is bigger than NBC Sport. Maybe I'm wrong, and I have no numbers in front of me. I have nothing to back that up, but I well, just he, think people well, gravitate – Here's a couple of things, Katie, to think about, too, right? Uh, number one, a lot of people cut the cord. A lot of people on subscription. Um, you, you'd be surprised how many people, like even my brother. Oh, I'm an, and I'm old now. I have to realize that, too. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm in my 40s now. I'm not in my, you know, teens or, you know, early 20s. You know, they've got anymore. such a uh, – ESPN is such a Go huge ahead. deal with, uh, uh, you know, the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, okay? So right off the bat, NHL is going to be 
push down a fourth, fifth. You know, as far as, you know, if, if it's normal times, right, you got an NBA season, uh, you know, playoff baseball, uh, preseason football, all that, you know, whatever the, whatever time of the year it is. I mean, the only time that they're going to get pushed to the prime time is pretty much, you know, January through June when, you know, football starts and before baseball season. So, I mean, I look at it this way, just ESPN just has so much and it kind of gets lost. The thing I liked about them being on NBC is, like, I know where the NHL network is and I know where – um you know, NBC Sports is and, and how many games they're pushing. And then, you know, they don't have the pregame and, uh, you know, uh, all their pre- and post-game shows. And it's dedicated to hockey. It's like NHL fans, if they if they want to, you know, watch other teams and get other sports or something like that, number one, if you live in New York and you really want to watch the Calgary Flames in their whole season, you're going to buy the you know, the, the, the ticket or whether the NHL center ice package or whatever. But now you can you can basically subscribe with the NHL on their app, okay, and you can watch all the games. I think it's something what I think it was something up to like twenty bucks a month or something like that. But if you really wanted to, if you're that much of a diehard fan, there's just so many different ways to, you know, get the content out. Again, KD, this is all going to come down to money. You know, as far as me and you, right, we're Ranger fans. We don't care as long as we get to watch the Rangers on MSG and if they are playing a national network, you know, uh, game, as long as we get to see it and we have access to it, it's no big deal. The, the, the whole thing with ESPN and anything else is really just a national appeal and whether or not they're going to get the coverage. I mean, we're not even, we haven't talked about uh, college football, you know? So their priorities on that network is going to push the, push the – that's, that's one of the main reasons they didn't bring the NHL back. And the NHL, like I said, it's a regional sport. It doesn't do phenomenal ratings. It just doesn't. And I don't think it ever will, you know? Because if the Rangers, you know, are playing and the Ranger fans are following the Rangers, they're really they're, they're a, small, a huge percentage dropping off. Is They're not really sticking around. You know, what, let's, let's just take the Wednesday night uh, rivalry series that NBC had, right? So they'd have two or three games on. And if the Rangers were on 8 o'clock and their game was over, most people aren't watching the West Coast game, you know, except the people in the West Coast. It's such a regional sport. But anyway, I get what you're saying. Those old days were great. Um, yeah, I loved ESPN, too. It was awesome. Um, but we'll see what happens, man. I mean, bottom line is, uh, you know, Doc's moving on. The league's moving on. And we'll, we'll see what happens down the road. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think that ESPN, just my last take on it, I just think that ES having it on ESPN, and I hear you, there's definitely could get lost in the shuffle, and there's a lot of programming there. And yes, the NHL will be behind every single one of those sports from basketball to college football. You're 100% correct. College basketball, everything. Um, but I think that the casual fan will find it a lot easier than on ESPN sports. The diehard fan is always going to find it. Like you said, there's always a way to get it. There's a way to get every game. I think it's a a way to open the sport up to a bigger audience by going to ESPN. And, and again, I have zero data to prove that other than my own experience with it. um, In that I would, I generally, genuinely flip through and will get past ESPN and ESPN two and rarely ever are flipping past NBC sports. I know to go there if there's a game I really want to see on. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go there, but rarely am I flipping through 
to see it. So I think you bring in a lot more casual fans. They're like, oh, I didn't realize this game was on tonight. Let me let me check it out for a little bit. And hopefully the product is good enough to keep their attention. But but that's just where I'm coming from. I hear you, man. But the, the casual fan, as far as I'm concerned, just hasn't been around for a long time. No, you're uh, right. They've uh, The NHL has always been trying to They've tried to everything, capture, man. You're right. That From glow puck <laughs> to, you know, every and everything in between. I I hear you. I hear you. They've always gone after it. They've always attempted, and it's never worked. I mean, um, you, and you're right. Real quick on this, right? Maybe to put this in perspective, right? So between the Rangers and the Islanders and the Devils right down here in the tri-state area, okay? And, and we have to say, now the Rangers are a different beast, okay, as far as them being, you know, with their location in, in Manhattan. The, they've been around a lot longer than everybody else. The, the traditions hand down as far as season ticket holders and everything else. And then the luxury boxes and everything else. But primarily, Madison Square Garden for the New York Rangers is pretty much always sold out or if not, you know, almost capacity. That's just the Rangers. The New York Islanders and the New Jersey Devils have been just having enough trouble putting people in their buildings. Okay? And obviously the Islanders are doing better, but they've been in this rebuild forever. You know? And the Devils swing back and forth. But even when the Devils are doing good, to fill, you know, that place during the week... You know, in terms of whatever the reasons are. So the diehard Ranger, uh, diehard hockey fans for just those two franchises, for argument's sake, aren't even going to the games, okay? And the casual fans are not stopping by either to take their seats. So you can only imagine what that must be like trying to translate that or, or, or uh, you know, transaction that into TV viewing, you know? I mean, 20 million people here in New York, right? What's there's such a small percentage of that that are actually number one hockey fans and number two Ranger fans, you know? And then there's a whole bunch of people up there in the north there that are rooting for the Sabres, the other New York team that plays in this state. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I you know, the league primarily, and, and all these leagues, they, they, especially hockey, it's always been that way. It's why they go to seven seven games in every series. They, you know, as far as the, the gates and the, the, you know, the, uh, it's why it's such a long season, and uh, just to, they need the fans in the stands. It's always been that way, but it's always primarily been as as far as a local thing. I, I mean, you have lived through it, man. We sat here as far as a national level. It's just never going to get there, and we're in twenty twenty. And I think uh, even the numbers last year compared to the years before, it's it's actually been going down again. You know, and again, we're both saying to each other we don't have the exact numbers, but I'm pretty much. I know we're pretty much in the right ballpark as far as where where the league is in, in terms of numbers and everything else. I mean, there, with COVID, even the you know hockey did well, but I think even the numbers like something like two point some million watched the Tampa Bay final game or whatever. There's almost three hundred fifty million people in this country, you know. So all and and you just take the the all the hockey fans. How many fans? The diehards watch the finals because if you love hockey, breathe it, you're going to watch it. But, man, there's just so many fans that just weren't tuned in anyway. They didn't care, you know? So, I don't know. We're rambling on kind of wasting a little bit too much time in terms of, like, you know, trying to make sense out of it. But I have to say that the, the GMs in the league, and, and, you know, I have no sympathy for them. They're doing well. Hockey is doing so well, and it's gotten better every year as far as the salary cap and everything else is because it is a homegrown regional sport 
and the season tickets and for, for the bulk of the franchises that have done really well. But like I said, you step back. I mean, the Islanders are building a new building out here, and that capacity is going to be up to 20000 If those guys, and you know it, buddy, we live out here. If the Islanders go on any type of tank, you know, just play poorly for two or three seasons, and they can't fill that building, are you kidding me? And then if the Islanders aren't in there in the spring playing in playoff hockey, and, and they've got to compete for concerts, if they ever come back, obviously, against the Garden and uh, Barclays Center, Jones Beach in the summer, I mean, I... That's just a whole other thing we can go off on it too. But anyway, it's 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 interesting. It's a uh, it's a, you know the dynamic of the whole thing in terms of hockey itself. Like I said, football doesn't have to worry about this. Basketball, baseball doesn't have to worry about it, but uh, hockey does. It's challenging. So anyway, all, all we care about is MSG. Anyway, right, KD? What are we doing? <laughs> hey, look, fourth show in a row. We got to start talking about something. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> hey, last There's no thing, games. There's no games. We got to talk about something. All right, two last quick things, and uh, this is a long one. It's a good one. It's always good. Um, any insight on what the guys that we bleed blue are going to be announcing here? They, they keep posting this thing about a jersey. See anything about that? Anything? I, I have you know zero guys. insight. I saw the tweet today where they were showing what the like the the piping or the stripes. Yeah, it looked like a jersey or whatever. I have no idea. They didn't give me any type of heads up <laughs> on it. So I. Zero idea. But, you know, look, they now that they're working with the Rangers, you know, they have probably access to do some more stuff than they well, that, would have yeah, if they I were out on their own. Yeah, releasing so, a jersey is, is a big deal if that's what yeah. they're doing. So if that is something, you know, I'm excited for them. Anything that they do, I get excited about because I have known them for a real long time when they were really just getting going. And, uh, you know, again, they used to advertise on my blog and I used to write posts about their products and, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, I've known them for a while. Just so just to see them doing any type of collaboration or, you know, they're doing more than collaborations. Obviously, they have this stuff within the team stores and, and whatnot. But if that's what they're doing here, some type of jersey collaboration with the Rangers, that's awesome stuff. Good stuff. And the last thing uh, there's talk about retro jerseys coming back next year. Um are you up for having the Liberty jersey coming back? And I completely forgot they had a white version. Did you dig those jerseys? Um, yeah, I like them. I have one. I have a Brian Leach Liberty jersey. I, I thought that they were great. I, I really enjoyed it. I have been waiting and waiting and waiting. My, one of my favorite or my favorite retro jersey or jersey that the, the Rangers had was um, – the old time one that they brought back. Why am I forgetting the name of what they called it? Just the shield uh, on the front. No, no, no. It had the Ranger one on it, but it had the old look. It was like the old looking Ranger one. What did I they? I wish call they'd that? go back to New York on the blue jerseys, man. Yeah. Uh, forgetting what what it was called. Uh, but I want to. I want a white, like a cream jersey of that. I think would be would be really phenomenal. Why am I forgetting the name of what they call that jersey? Heritage? Yeah, the Heritage. Thank you. All right. So they had the blue Heritage, and I'd like to see, like, a cream version of that. You know, like the old – like, they had the cream color one that in the Winter Classic with that shield, that weird-looking shield that they had. I like that color. I like the cream look. It gets us more of an old-time look to it. So if they did, like, a uh, cream-colored Heritage – I've been waiting for that. I would love to see that. Well, 
you send daily, uh, weekly emails to Gorton, man. Fire one in. And that's right. <laughs> but what is it? What are they doing? They're doing, they're bringing back jerseys that they've worn. Is that what it is? I or you can come so. up with anything because I've been yeah. seeing some of these weirdo like yeah. Anaheim Duck ones, which it's just like a cartoon character type. Looks like a comic strip, but I think I remember them wearing it once. So. Is it something you've worn before? Like I, I, I didn't really read what they how, what the, the parameters the key, are. The key it. thing that comes out is the word retro or something. So we'll see yeah. what happens. I, You're gonna probably see a ton do, of it. They need to make money, right? No fans. Yeah. The, the Vegas one looked pretty cool. I mean, that's obviously ah. Uh, the Predators did version. that already. <laughs> uh, I thought it was cool looking. Uh, um, but yeah, I would like to see the the cream heritage. But I did like the Liberty. I was a fan. I think most Ranger fans do. Yeah, they had the white one. They didn't wear it very often. They may have only worn that white one for a handful of games. You know what yeah. I really want them to bring back, Paulie? Screw these retro jerseys and all that stupid stuff. Bring back a home whites. Home Preach. whites. Preach, brother. Definitely bring the home whites back. I know. Every, all across the league. I, whenever I bring it up, it was like, but they're the blue shirts. No. No. It's home whites. This isn't football. This I'm with you, man. You wear white at home. Sorry. I like what you're saying, man. I like what you're saying. I no, I agree see, with you. I want to see, when I go to the Ranger game, I want to see the different colors coming in. <laughs> I don't want to just see white coming in. It's always white and blue. I want colors. I want to see the Blackhawks in their red jerseys. All right, man. I'm, I'm writing this Dallas down. Dallas in there green. I want to see red. I want to see green. I want to see black. <laughs> Yellow. I want to see mustard predator jerseys. Love it. <laughs> That's yeah. what I want to see. I would love to see that come back, man. I am totally with you, man. I miss the Rangers wearing their whites back at home. You know, maybe if they do that, they'll win a cup again. You know? That's right. There you, know? you go. We, we found the secret sauce. The magic of 94. Every year that goes by, it fades into the distance. Right. <laughs> just just wear those home whites. Instant cup. Guaranteed so... cup. Messier <laughs> guaranteed cup. Where is old mess these days? Maybe next week we'll talk about where is mess. <laughs> what is he up to? All right, buddy. Another great show. Everybody out there who's been downloading and listening and sharing, we really appreciate the support as always. Always. So we'll say goodnight to you one more time here tonight. KD, before we go, say goodnight to the folks. Night, folks. And as always, let's go, Rangers! <laughs>